Welcome to season two of Talks and Sips. I'm Jess. And I am Sassy. How you do? <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, okay, let me see what I say. And I'm like, where am I? Like, <laughs> like it's not my turn. <laughs> Should we keep this? <laughs> How you doing? What you sipping? It's not my turn. Does it spark joy? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm drinking coffee because I obviously need to wake up. <laughs> um, what am I drinking? A toasted white chocolate mocha. They still have it at this one. Some it's, stores it's have sold right. out. Yeah, because it's one of the holiday ones. Uh-huh. And I don't, I honestly can't tell you the difference between toasted and the normal one, but I just like it better. Mm. And it's a Christmas one. I'm like, leave it all year. <laughs> I think I was, I called, I called a few of them and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, so is there any chance there's any pumpkin cream cold brew situation? Like, nah. Like, no. <laughs> like, Damn. Should have called like two months ago. <laughs> I know. Like, give me your pumps. Yeah. Oh, but the cup I'm drinking it out of is like this. Um, it's Mermaid Tails. Ooh. And it's kind of Sirena. iridescent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's. I like the pattern and I like the color. Because I wear a lot of dark clothes, but I like color. <laughs> you, hear, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> yeah, what are you um, drinking? <laughs> I'm having, well, this was a latte, and now it's technically a cafe misto. <laughs> it's changed. Um, milk, lots of milk. Oh, sorry, I didn't take my lactose pills. <laughs> anyway. No coconut milk today? <laughs> no, no, but regular milk in here. It's pretty bad. But anyway, what's happening, bro? Well, I can't speak for you. But last week was definitely a doozy for myself. Mm. <laughs> um, just just a glimpse into my last week <laughs> for you guys. Uh, Monday. <laughs> it started on Monday. There's going to be a Monday graphic. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I had been having troubles with one of my tires. Mm. It was, But I thought it was just leaking air because the cap for the tire, it flew off somewhere. <laughs> Sometimes, I hear people steal those and put them on their bikes. Okay. So it might have been <laughs> stolen. <laughs> but like I would have to constantly refill it at least once a day or whenever mm. I would drive it because I don't drive every day. But every time I would get in my car, I would have to refill it. And... But it wasn't like flat, flat. It was still working. And then one day, I was actually on my way here. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> it was dead. Dead <laughs> Progressed. And then I took it to a tire shop on Monday thinking, you know what? If worse comes to worse, I'll just have to replace that tire. Mm. No. <laughs> that was not the worst. <laughs> I had to replace all of my tires. Turns out all of them had to go. They did because um they were bald. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've seen there's this meme online where obviously it's like a man making fun of women, whatever man, whoever wrote this meme. And it's all like, yeah, women like, yeah, I'm independent. La, 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 la. And then you take a but this is their tires and they're like flat, bald tires. <laughs> they still had an imprint on it. <laughs> but um, my car is very well past the 62,000 <laughs> mile fun. mark. Uh, so, yeah, they they had to be replaced. The guy was like, this is not good like oh i don't look at my tires <laughs> he's like what would happen if you drove past a ravine <laughs> you would crash. Yeah. so it was a little unexpected mm. and you know tires are a little pricey thankfully my corolla doesn't need like those a hundred and something dollar tires and up yeah <laughs> but thanks to my dad and matt <laughs> for helping me out there <laughs> took a lot of stress off my shoulder mm. and the rest of the week was basically like when you're cramming for finals yeah you're like, I got to get it all this done. I yeah. got to get it done. Because last week I went to Vegas 
And I was like, I'm leaving Thursday. I don't want to have like too much to do while I'm on my way there and all Mm -hmm. that because it's just going to affect how I'm doing Mm -hmm. it and like my process. I was like, try to do it all before we left. So no, it's the Patreon. I'm like, I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But um, oh, goodness, we're here. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm a little burned out, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. She'll go home and sleep after this. Yeah, it, it's done. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's all right, guys. This is a fun experience. It's a fun show. Uh, yeah, it didn't make it easier because I'm just a procrastinator. Mm. So, like, it could have easily been avoided if I would have just done it before, but. I feel like that, too. I thought yeah. I was, like, getting ahead of this thing, too. And, and then you're like, oh, this is due tomorrow. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but what about you? Did how was your week? Did you do anything exciting? New tires? <laughs> New tires? Uh, not yet, but soon. I'm sure. I'm at sixty something as well. But my car has been hit like twice now, so things are new on there. You know what I mean? Uh, this past week was fun, but the week before that felt like an intense trek. Get it? Get it? Because you know this is our traveling episode, and we're talking big old mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, truthfully, I am usually so confident in my edits and you know, and how long things take for the podcast and what have you. But Mm -hmm. um, man, iPhone 13 footage is jacked. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It looks great. But bitrate is trash. And since, you know, it shoots in variable mode. Anyway, I digress. Um, I was really glad to finally get episode 2.9 up on YouTube the other week. And it made our episode 2.10 medicine and music, which it felt like a sweet melody. <laughs> it was so easy compared, like even render or uh, export. I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you're done. <laughs> you're not taking days, days like the other one." <laughs> anyway, all that aside, uh, just like the mountains in life, you have ups and downs, and it really is how you roll with the punches for sure. <laughs> the the episode we just released last week, mm-hmm. you you point out, you're like, "That's that's what you got wrong." I'm like, "What? Oh, you swing wrong. with the punches." <laughs> <laughs> she got it <laughs> hey, second time two to make it true uh, so i just got back from a road trip yesterday in theory yeah. Yeah, in theory uh to oh no way technically today oh. yeah it, and now she's recording an episode yeah whoa in the same day it just this episode will come out the yeah. day i come back <laughs> and you know i've never been there i'm really excited mm-hmm. yeah um why do I have that there? Oh, it's a website. <laughs> I was like looking at my notes, you guys. Like, anyway, oh, I didn't put this in the correct Whoa. <laughs> okay, so thematically, if you're in Colorado and you head to the Four Corners Monument, mm-hmm. which apparently we are not going to because we're nowhere near that. Uh, but if, I was like, can we? Like, no. <laughs> Veto. Anyway, so you can stand in Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, and duh, Colorado mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. My brain goes like, I can be starfish. <laughs> I've heard of this, but I didn't know it was here. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the same time, it's so crazy. Anyway, Colorado <laughs> also has the largest flat top mountain. It's called the Grand Mesa, mm-hmm. and it spans hundreds of square miles, standing more than 10,000 feet above sea level. Ooh. And so I'm just throwing out some Colorado facts right now. Since it's a travel <laughs> episode. They have the country's highest suspension bridge called the Royal Gorge Bridge in Cannon City. And basically what they did was turn this into a whole theme park. Oh, wow. Out of this huge bridge. And you can like go white, like the river rafting underneath. There's like a fair. You can oh, count there. It's a party. It's a party on a bridge. Um <laughs> For anyone trying to live out that dune life, they also have the tallest sand dune 
<laughs> it rises just a little over 750 feet above the valley floor. It's a big ass pile of sand. The, those huge sandworm worms, worms may or may not be included <laughs> in there. Uh, so, you know, if you're into sand surfing or sci fi, this is a place for you. <laughs> Colorado also holds 75% of the land area in the continental U.S. above 10,000 feet. And lastly, Colorado, wow, is home to 58 of of the 14,000 plus foot peaks, which I did not see all of them, but it, <laughs> <laughs> obviously because it hasn't happened, but it's going to happen. Here's the thing, though. I didn't take this into consideration. Mm-hmm. It's going to be freezing. And like <laughs> you're above that much. And the, when that happens, like the air gets thinner, right? They're uh, like, <laughs> you're going to be high. Up there. I'm be high <laughs> from being high in this. Anyway, I, I thought that was great. I didn't consider that. And it was brought to my attention. I was like, oh, <laughs> whoa. I'm going to be freezing. <laughs> I'm going to be freezing and high at the same time. Okay. So my SoCal booty, you know, I, I'm probably going to be freezing. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, fr- I froze probably. <laughs> but overall, without a doubt, I'm sure it was a great time. It's a new state, like amazing company. So it's, you know, all of that is, I guess, the up to my previous down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just switching off on bad weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get it next time. Bad week for you. Bad week for you. Bad week for me. But serendipitous uh, that today we will be covering mountains mm-hmm. and folks that have successfully fed their wanderlust. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try to sing this, but I'm really lazy. <laughs> and it's basically the It's the Climb song by... The what? The, it's, it's the oh, Climb my, song Miley by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> so we're just going to play it. There's always going to be Anyway, all right. So, per usual, recently I was suggested a film to watch called (laughs) The Alpinist on Netflix, and it's pretty bonkers. Mind you, as I wrote this and did notes for this, I was watching it in real time. So I'd pause and rewind, blah, blah, blah. And so we're going to get to the end here. (laughs) So... But let's just give Jess a round of applause for actually watching a movie that was recommended. I, I used it like going to school. You're like, well, I actually need this for my notes. So, so I, I guess I'll watch it. I'll watch a movie. Um, so as we land yet again on Travel Week, did I mention that? The movie suggestion and timing was kind of perfect. You know, Colorado, Alpine, whatever. Sometime back, Alex Honnold, if you guys don't know who that is, the guy almost everyone knows as the free solo guy yeah. from the documentary free solo um <laughs> he won an academy award in 2019 for this film alongside jimmy chin for directing shooting etc he was like the mastermind you mm-hmm. know have you ever watched it i did a while back ago though mm. so i'm not like it's not fresh it's not fresh that's fair <laughs> i do remember just getting like sweaty palms and you know in some instances i was like yeah <clears throat> Oh, God, I forgot to breathe. Uh, yeah. And my thought process was like, I don't think you could die because, like, they wouldn't release that, would they? Uh, <laughs> this is going to be so heartbreaking for both of us right now. So, like, you know, he's alive today. <laughs> but close calls are still close yeah, calls. Yeah. <laughs> in this film, the I. L. I. In this film. In this film, The Alpinist, Honnold is like, this Canadian dude Mark is wild in. He's inspired yet baffled by this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a clip, he says, I was climbing in South America. And he's talking about uh, the main star of The Alpinist, Mark Andre Leclerc. Okay. He's Canadian. And he goes, and this is basically um, Alex Honnold saying this in an interview. He goes, I was climbing in South America and you see this tiny, tiny speck on this 4,000 foot wall. And mm-hmm. we look over while pointing. <laughs> and that 
that is Mark Andre by himself on this freaking journey to the gods. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to give him his, his that accent, that hype. <laughs> and uh, and I was thinking, this is this is messed up. I cannot believe he's soloing that. <laughs> <laughs> so in free solo, Alex Honnold climbs the face of the world's most, most famous rock, which is a 3,000 foot El Capitan in Yosemite National Park mm-hmm. without a rope, obviously. It was celebrated as one of the biggest uh, or one of the greatest athletic feats of any kind. Honnold's climb set the ultimate standard for perfection or death. Ooh. <laughs> no in between. No in between. <laughs> Ultimately succeeding in his challenge. So in this film, it leads to Mark Andre Leclerc being the first ever to solo Emperor Face on Mount Robson. Some saw this as the greatest solo ascent that has been done in North America. Okay. So this takes it. Yeah. Um, and here's why. Robson is the highest mountain in the Canadian Rockies. It's like three L caps. Jeez. So it's 9,000 <laughs> feet. It wow. is, it's not Yosemite. <laughs> it has glaciers, creve- crevices, avalanches, and it's rock climbing. There's ice and snow all at the same time. So, right? Well, because because uh, climbing alone wasn't yeah. hard enough. Let's just throw like, water let me just and throw everything at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, it's considered a myth- mythical objective, even with the rope. Oh, oh, and he didn't have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what? Take away whatever can help me. Yeah, <laughs> I can do this. So, if you're not a climber, you can still appreciate this film for the beauty of the shots. They're really beautiful shots. Mm-hmm. The aspiration, you know, within the subject itself. The moments where things get dicey mm-hmm. and places where you you know you're holding your breath a yeah. little you're like palms are sweaty <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, in gopro footage at night during a winter storm while he's climbing tori Ager in, so- in southern patagonia which is in the southern american region mm-hmm. and this is even a harder climb than yeah. the last one obviously <laughs> and mark dedicates that last video to his girlfriend uh brett harrington and she loves climbing and she enjoys soloing too which is like crazy to me mm. I don't know where your rope went, lady. (laughs) Not to his extreme, of course, but she's super supportive. And he didn't get it on the first try, um, but he did for sure get it on the second one. Mm, Yeah. And so in climbing terms, he red pointed it, even though his goal was to flash it. So what that means is to flash a route in climbing is to basically get to the to the top on the first attempt. Mm -hmm. However, it technically implies that you have no like. You have a little bit of pre-existing knowledge regarding the climbing route, but you've never actually climbed it. So maybe you look at it in a book and go, okay, maybe I can go. Or like you talk to someone who's done it before. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is what I did. Mm -hmm. So technically you still flash it if you get it on the first try. Okay. Okay. Where red point, which is what he did, Mm -hmm. um, is when you've successfully climbed the rope before and you've like you've practiced it. So like say you did it, but you didn't quite get it the first time. So So it's on the second one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So spoiler alert and a sad one. (laughs) <laughs> the film had wrapped, uh, but then something happened while the film was in post. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> Mark met up with another climber in Alaska. The guys had made it to the top of the summit and had to start climbing down, but a storm kicked in. And after a few days of waiting for the storm to pass, search and rescue found a rope wedged under snow. They could see it kind of like snow, snow and like a little line mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, on the side of the mountain and an avalanche buried, buried them when they were on their way down. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry, the Moscow. I'm sorry. So while watching the film, I had no clue it would end like this. <laughs> did they include that in the, like, did they go back and add that in? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the director pretty much narrates at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we were done. And then we heard he met up with this guy. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's the part that's a little bit more upsetting and it was triggering for me because he did all these crazy things by himself with no rope. And, and then, then the one he, time he goes out with the rope with, with another person mm-hmm. and that's it. He died at 20. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so he passed away on March 5th, 2018 at the age of 25 doing what he loved. The ending of this film was, like I said, very hard um, emotionally for me because mm-hmm. I was like, great. It reminded me of my friend, Brad Gobright, who we lost to a climbing accident back on November 27, 2019. Mm-hmm. In the same way, coming down from a climb and it was a hard time around Thanksgiving before pandemic, but I'm glad they weren't him mark and brad weren't around to see the pandemic they'd probably be really annoyed like what do you mean i can't go outside (laughs) the fuck (laughs) Uh, yeah it would have been really hard to just try to keep them yeah in one place you know uh but yeah and and that's the thing my friend brad was a solo climber too Mm -hmm. and him and actually alex honnold were back to back on their um having the speed record for Mm -hmm. a minute there so when i got to interview him for my school documentary he had the record but by the time i released my thing Mm -hmm. alex got it back (laughs) I'm like, damn it. Breathe away. Breathe solo guy. <laughs> yeah. But sure enough, both of them, it's always on the way down. Mm. It's like you kind of get tired, I guess. And you don't really think about that either. Yeah. Like you would think that it would happen on the way up. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on the way down. I think you're burnt out. It's been yeah. a long day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But all this big old mountain talk got me thinking of all the places men and women have been able to conquer, you know, mm-hmm. as someone who does the babiest of climbs. <laughs> I do baby, baby, baby climbs. Um, Um, outdoors I gotta admit there is something really cool and fulfilling about being able to straddle a mountainside you know Uh, Mark Mark Andre probably felt so small and mighty when he climbed Emperor Face you know on Mount Robson that was 9,000 feet man by himself (laughs) he was like an ant (laughs) (laughs) so I found this article online published by John Branch on May 12 2021 Mm -hmm. and the following information is what I gathered the hook went something like this Only 44 people have reached the summit of all 14 of the world's 8,000 meter peaks, according to the people who chronicle such things. (laughs) (laughs) So Ed Viesters, one of the 44 and the only American on the list, climbed alone in 1993 without supplemental oxygen. Again, I forget that the height thing. <laughs> so oxygen is not a thing. Because you're used to being in an airplane when you're up there. Right. You're and like, I can I just can breathe fine. Mm, this is just fine. Wi-Fi, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> um, so yeah, he basically did it all without oxygen and ropes. <laughs> Reaching the central summit of, wow, I was going to write these down and I did not. Shis. <laughs> Shishapangma. Sure. Okay. I'm like looking at it like, I don't know how I would say it. <laughs> the world's 14th highest mountain. Um, at this point, most climbers would turn around there and say something like, this is good enough. <laughs> there was still 100 meters ahead of him that quickly could become deadly. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a little picture and he's literally straddling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the mountain. It, it's funny because it looks photoshopped, but you can also see like, no, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first time around, he let it go. Of course, he was like, I, I can't. Yeah. So then he came back again the second time. And that's the photo of him straddling the mountain. And he's just shimmying down to safety. <laughs> <laughs> so the Himalayan and the Karakoram ranges of Asia are home to all the 14 of Earth's 8,000 meters. And so for Americans, <laughs> that's 26,247 feet. Um, 
peaks. <laughs> Not only the highest mountains in the world, but with familiar names that evoke wonder, like Everest, K2, mm -hmm. Annapurna, Lhotse. Yeah. Lotsi. Lotsi among Lotsi. them. Anyway, they are those are cool names. <laughs> Come here, Avarice, my child. <laughs> Some argue uh, that the number that exists isn't real, specifically those that record such things, <laughs> to the point where now the question is being asked, just what does it mean to reach the summit? Mm -hmm. So the summit does matter. And this is uh, said, wow. Some deep words there, David Roberts, <laughs> a climber who has written dozens of books on Himalayan expeditions and co-written books with the likes of Beasters, John mm -hmm. Crocker, Conrad Anker, and oh, solo guy Alex Honnold. <laughs> Why does it matter? Because <laughs> it's the whole point of mountaineering. It's the goal that defines an as ascent. 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 <laughs> That defies an ascent. <laughs> so a lot of these accomplishments, as I accomplish refreshments, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a lot of these accomplishments are told by the honor system, but there is some doubt. Did they make it to the tip top? Ah, or did they just start stop short and claim it? I don't know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I'm not here to dispute any of that, guys. I'm here to discover the highest peaks climbed or not, and not if they were fully completed. According to geology.com, how you measure a mountain determines if it makes the list for the tallest in the world. So the two websites I grabbed these stats from were essentially fighting. <laughs> That's Guinness. Guinness said Mount Everest in Nepal and China was the highest mountain in the world with its peaks rising to 29,028 feet. <laughs> 29,028 feet. Thank you. I was like, whoa. There's and, zero in there. <laughs> and nine inches. Those nine inches matter, okay? Obviously. <laughs> But the climbing, but the climbing Kilimanjaro site claims Mauna Kea's height from the base to summit surpasses Mount Everest and takes the title, measuring thirty-three thousand three hundred and four hundred and seventy-six feet. Wow, so many numbers uh, from the base to the peak. It's a dormant volcano, though, located in north central Hawaii and is planted inside a forest preserve. So, mm. truthfully, the peak wins. This peak right here yeah. wins on a technicality okay. due to its base being measured below sea level. Uh, I got it. Dumb. Okay. The <laughs> highest point measured is actually only 13,796 13, feet. Oh. <laughs> right. Or... You know, 4,207 meters above sea level. But when measured from the base to the summit, it's over the 10,000 meters. Yeah. So it's a technicality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before this becomes another useless potential fight, <laughs> like the one above, uh, regarding, you know, reaching the actual summit yeah. or whatever, uh, here are the top 10. What is it? <laughs> here are the top 10 tallest mounts according to altitude. Mm -hmm. Altitude measures the tallest point above sea level. So, mountains are often measured more than once as time goes on because the earth plates are off often and consistently shifting. And so, too, are the mountain formations. So, they're mm -hmm. always checking them. Yeah. Someone, 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 there's a job for everyone. <laughs> so, again, on a technicality, Mauna Kea is 33,476 feet, and that's Hawaii, USA. Mm -hmm. There's Mount Everest at 29,000 and 31.7 feet it keeps going up as this list progresses <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say i find it funny how 
it's the U.S. Mm-hmm. that's like going off of a technicality. Oh yeah, for because sure. Because this is, I'm looking at our list, and yeah. I'm like, that's the only thing that the U.S. has on uh, number this. one. We're like, we want to be there. Yeah, they want to be in it so bad. <laughs> yeah, because everything else is like Pakistan, Nepal, yeah. Pakistan, Nepal, China. Yeah. Anyway, so you got K2. Kang, I'm not gonna say that one. That one's crazy. Lutzi, Makulu. Anyway, if you guys want to see. <laughs> Mount Everest ranks number one in highest altitude above sea level. Okay. The back and forth on this article is dumb. Again, Mauna wins on technicality. Apparently, Everest is like a mountain child, though, because it has, it just doesn't stop growing. Mm. So Mount Everest keeps growing. It's just like, <laughs> it's like getting pushed up. Mm-hmm. Thanks, tectonic plates. <laughs> it reaches a little higher to the heavens every year. <laughs> but speaking of children, all this mountain talk reminded me of a photo I saw floating around online once. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing. The photo is in black and white and has two ladies in long skirts and hats cross traversing a mountainside attached to the mm-hmm. same rope in, on an anchor, mm-hmm. which now that I think of kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, but it looks cool. <laughs> so here's a picture. And that's how they did it before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Then like, it, that's how we did it in those days. <laughs> well, they didn't have all the tools back yeah. then. So, okay, I'll give it to they them. Made, they made do with what they <laughs> So, what I discovered was that these ladies, Lucy Smith and Pauline Rankin, of the ladies of the Scottish Climbing Club in this photo was taken in 1908. Mm, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they formed the club because uh, as women, they were barred from joining the men-only Scottish Mountaineer Club. Boo! <laughs> and they trained regularly on Salisbury Crags in Edinburgh. This is rad right here. By the end of 1908, the club had 14 members. To qualify, women had to ascend four peaks of at least 3,000 feet with two snow climbs and two rock climbs. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're like, you need variety. You need to be good <laughs> to join this club. <laughs> so to be decent and, you know, ladylike, they would start their climbs in their restrictive long skirts, like you see in the photo. <laughs> However, when no men were around, they would often discard these mm-hmm. to climb in knickerbockers. <laughs> <laughs> knee length trousers that could be <laughs> hidden under dresses mm. basically they're chonies yeah. <laughs> someone on reddit was a buzzkill and was like they're not even that high up <laughs> it's like let me see you <laughs> what what they were using like right? You said. <laughs> right shut up wooster the wonder dog on reddit let us have this yeah just <laughs> hearing all of this even though i'm not a climber i'm like i just want to go see some tall mountains yeah <laughs> can, can i get airlifted though yeah. yeah i'll take a plane so i can breathe <laughs> right because oh man i forgot all about this <laughs> yes well some of these are awesome spots and i definitely do want to go see them eventually uh when i am rich <laughs> when i'm rich and can leave for a while and still get paid yes and it's awesome that you ended off on a lady note because mm. we will be talking about a lady right now mm. <laughs> um i don't know if you knew this mm. or if any of you knew this but i mean you probably did guinness has a lot of world records for like random stuff they do they really do (laughs) so they have one for being the youngest person to travel to every country on earth Mm -hmm. so don't know if you knew that (laughs) nope (laughs) i love how there is a a guinness for almost everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, and i didn't i had no idea about this title up until i started following an instagram page Mm. 
because Lexi Alford, that's the girl, she started dating one of the Yes Theory guys. Do you know who they are? They're super, they're great. They live in somewhere in California, Mm. but like their whole thing is pushing their boundaries and doing stuff. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then I saw that she was dating one of them. I was like, oh, she travels. Like, that's cool. So it turns out on May 31st of 2019, Mm. Lexi Alford, an American woman, entered North Korea and claimed to be the youngest person to travel to every country on earth. That's tough. <laughs> Claim it, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is it like the theory earlier on the honor system? Because that's debatable now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You guys let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so like many things, just because you say it doesn't make it true. <laughs> but she's like, you know what, Guinness? Here's 10,000 pieces of ev- evidence. Sift through them. Let me know when you're done and I'll take my reward. <laughs> they like put it in a box. Like, I don't want to do this. Just give it to her. <laughs> well, I wanted to go into like, okay, she's young. I don't know if she, I said how old she was, but she was 22, 23. Mm. So just to like kind of see how she even got to that point, she started traveling at a super young age because get this. Her family owned a travel agency. That's how it starts. Somebody's parent <laughs> somewhere does something cool, then the kids pick it up. So the key is to do something cool, and then your kid can pick it <laughs> yeah. up. And then hopefully they can make you money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> travel has been a part of my life since before I can remember. My parents would take me out of school and place me on independent study for weeks and months at a time every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. My brain was thinking about Mean Girls. <laughs> Like, did you picture her as Regina George? No, because remember at the very Katie or Caddy or whatever, she's like just going into high school because it came from Africa. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she was just getting pulled out to this. I say it must be nice. Must be nice. (laughs) My parents would barely let me skip one day of school. (laughs) Anyways, because of her parents' jobs, they themselves obviously did a lot of traveling and they took her with them. So, of course, she wasn't thinking of break this, breaking this record as a kid. I'm sure she didn't even know what it was as a kid. But she just really loved traveling. And as she was growing up, she wanted to continue doing more and more with or without her parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't until 2016 when she, like, set her goal to travel to all of the world's 196 Soverian nations. And she graduated from Is high school. Soverian or sovereign? Sovereign nations. <laughs> I feel like the other way makes sense. Let us know what you prefer. (laughs) She graduated from high schools two years early and had an associate's degree by the time she was 18. So she was a smart gal. Mm -hmm. And this is when she realized she had already traveled to 72 countries. And instead of going back to school to get her bachelor's, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to pursue it full time. If you could do it, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like me, you might be thinking, how do you afford all of this? I felt that way with Ted Bundy, too. Ted Bundy, how do you do this? <laughs> how do you afford this? <laughs> well, she's been saving every little bit of earnings from her jobs dating back to when she was 12 years old. And I was like, <laughs> when I Child first read this, yeah, when I first read this, I was like, what were you doing at 12 years old? Well, working? She was in different countries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, I guess like odd jobs around that like, your parents are like, oh, I'll give you five bucks if you do this. Mm. <laughs> so like, yeah, sure. Those funds lasted for the first year and a half of her travels with the school. And it's pretty impressive. Mm. Like, I don't know how much she had saved, but I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. A year and a half. Mm-hmm. But when these started running low, she decided to start working as a travel consultant for her family's agency. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
That's smart. Because mm-hmm. then she can be like, see ya. <laughs> uh, my job is to discover things. <laughs> and she's also done a few brand deals along the way, which I'm sure is pretty helpful. They all vary from price to price. Mm. If you've ever had a brand deal, I've never, but I know of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's claimed to have never had an official sponsor. If you don't know what that is, they basically pay you to promote their program. Mm. And wherever she would travel, she would have promoted their stuff. But she didn't have one. So as of that interview date, I don't know if she's had one recently because she still travels. But her life truly does revolve around travel, which I think is awesome. And while working, she also takes notes for herself and getting the best travel deals. She's like, yeah, I'm going to help you. But also let me help me. She's like, pirates, <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> so that's super smart. She's working on her own time, but also her parents. Oh. <laughs> and while she's traveling, she does photography as well as run her blog. I do a lot of research in advance to find these best deals, utilize points and miles for my flights, stay in cheap accommodations like hostels or create content for hotels in exchange for accommodation. I've also made sure to keep my monthly overhead as low as possible by living at home with my parents. Uh, I don't have a car payment or student debt and I don't spend my money on unnecessary material possessions so while I was reading this I was like that's great for her but it's not entirely realistic for many people Um, you know one if you're not close to your parents you can't just be like hey mom and dad let me move in I know it's been 10 years but I'm gonna start a podcast and live in your house (laughs) (laughs) not from personal experience (laughs) but you know since I've moved out I've I've had the opportunity to just talk to the school I went to it's very diverse because there's people that literally come from different countries Mm -hmm. to go to the school I don't know if that's the best choice now, but (laughs) no shade to the school. (laughs) But, you know, every situation is different. Mm -hmm. There's people who just don't have that, uh, like, ready for them to just move back in with their parents. Some parents are still struggling to even help what they have now. So it's great that it worked out for her, but it's important to know that not everybody has these options available to them. So don't feel bad that you just can't do this like she is. And also, she's a white (laughs) women's privilege (laughs) so moving along (laughs) i've heard people say oh this place isn't the safest to visit you know or oh this country has a lot of violence there's tons mexico and one of them that's why we haven't gone to mexico in a while because bro have you been to east la (laughs) south central we have it's everywhere it is everywhere (laughs) well lexi actually speaks about this and actually says that she's had kinder experiences in some countries that are considered more dangerous than the super touristy populated areas. That makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Going somewhere with no expectations and being absolutely blown away by what you find there has been the most fulfilling part of this project. And she also shares her more difficult times too. For example, when she's traveling to West and Central Africa, she had issues with her visas, mm-hmm. which is expected <laughs> anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, little infrastructure for tourism, language barriers, and the high cost of traveling safely is everything that just went wrong in that trip. Um, I found that she was talking about a travel guide who was charging her a huge amount to get her around the country. Oh, wow. Yeah, because there was no competition. Uh, it was just that company. The and they're monopoly. like, yeah, it's like you either pay us and we give you the resources mm. or you could go cheaper and you'll have to figure it out. It's almost <laughs> like it would cost you more if there's like um something bad that happens. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. over there they do have buses and everything, yeah. but it's like obviously it's going to take longer. 
it's not the safest. So it's like, what do you want to pick? Yeah. And people, oh, you're American. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you have movies like Taken and Taken 2. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> but going back to the beginning of the segment, though, her last country I did mention was North Korea. Mm. If you're like me, you may have thought, but how? Isn't yeah. there a U.S. travel ban? <laughs> <laughs> or how? Did we not cover anything on North Korea in season one? <laughs> well, it turns out that there's actually a loophole <laughs> to step into the country. Yeah. Per the Forbes article I read on this, according to Guinness World Record guidelines, visiting the North Korean side of the conference room in the legendary Blue House in the Joint Security Area on the DMZ qualifies as a visit to North Korea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Technicality. Yeah, exactly. So she did say that this upset her because she wanted to actually go into the country. But nonetheless, she did it to claim the title and she does plan on visiting as soon as the U.S. travel ban is up. If it ever. (laughs) I had to do that face. (laughs) She did receive some backlash from people saying she didn't really get to experience her time in each country since she did this by 23, Mm. which is a fairly engaged. But you also have to remember she's been doing this since she was a kid. And her response to that, she said, Some people prefer to spend months or years in only a few countries and some want to have a sample platter of the world. No matter what you prefer, there's always going to be someone that disagrees. Mm-hmm. And she came... She claims that the least amount of days she spent in a country was two to three because she was traveling traveling alone mm-hmm. and she is a woman. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you don't always feel safe, especially in different countries where you don't you might not know the language. There's just all types of barriers and you're there by yourself. You're yeah. like, <laughs> so totally understandable. I followed her on Instagram for a few years and I believe I've seen her stories pre-COVID, of how she would constantly be getting sick from traveling so often. She would, like, be breaking out in hives just because she's getting exposed to so many things that we don't have here. (laughs) Yeah, I I will interject with this. I didn't actually develop my psoriasis on my knee Mm -hmm. until I came back from India. Your body's going to react differently Mm -hmm. when you're going to places you've never been before because it's pretty obvious you're not exposed to those here. Oh, my God. Can I TMI you guys? I'm pretty sure it was because of alcohol. And now that I think about it, altitude. Damn, son. Um, when I came back from like the UP up in northern Michigan, basically mm-hmm. Canada. Yeah. Like, oh, TMI guys, like I was pooping black. I know. I don't know the doctor because I was getting like cramps right here uh-huh. in my whatever this area is. And I'm like, am I dying? <laughs> is this death? <laughs> anyway, my poop's back to normal color. But I'm pretty sure it was the alcohol and <laughs> the altitude. Well, moving on. (laughs) Travel story. (laughs) I'm fairly certain that this was after she submitted for the record, but she still travels as often as she can. And this also makes me wonder, does she ever get sick of it? Like, you know, when you do something. No, you know, when you just do something so much so constantly that you like kind of get sick of it after a while. And it could be a phase or it can actually lead you to changing what you do. But like for me. When we were playing disc golf, when we first got into it, and I was doing it every day. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mm. I'm tired of this. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, I like doing it every once in a while. Yeah. But not like as like hard as I was. So yeah. it's like, does she get sick of like going through the airports, having to constantly adapt to different climates, to the mm. people, to everything? Because I'm sure it could be draining yeah. as fun as it is. But. I don't know. I'd love to travel 24-7. <laughs> I was, I mean, the time that I traveled where I was gone for a month and mm-hmm. we went from like 
to the different parts. By the end of it, we were like, we're ready to go home. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're ready to go home. Yeah. yeah. So it's like with her, it's like, what, every what did you go home, though? The thing is that she's never been home. See? Yeah. Because as a kid, she was traveling so much that this mm-hmm. is, you can't miss something you've never had. Yeah. Unless you're one of those people that are like, home is a, uh, isn't a place, it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. You mean yourself? <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure no matter how she feels about it, she had some physical and mental, like, just tiredness from it all. Mm-hmm. But I love traveling, but week after week and a half trip, I need like a few days to get my groove back on. I'm like, hold on. (laughs) I can't just go back into it. Um, Lexi has gotten herself back into her groove. She's worked on a book and I believe it's not fully out, Mm -hmm. but on her website, it's like, oh, if you want a preview of my books, put your email on whatever. So hopefully that'll be available to purchase soon. Mm -hmm. And she gave a TED talk that's still pretty relevant because she's the youngest person and mm-hmm. a woman. And she gives herself enough time to re-nourish her physical and mental health just by staying home, hanging with her boyfriend. <laughs> how do you, how can you have a boyfriend? I know, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, when do you have time? <laughs> I, I mean, I really... <laughs> I'm sitting next to him and I don't have any time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lexi, you know, she took this title, but... There was someone who had it before her, and it was James Asquith. So I'm just going to go into him because his what he's doing now is pretty smart. Mm. (laughs) So to go into his world record as the youngest person to travel. I don't think I put his age here either. No, he was 32. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, 24. (laughs) He's 32 at the time of the interview that I talk about. Honor system. (laughs) Well, he can say he's the youngest man to have done it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have the title anymore, but he technically is still the youngest man Mm -hmm. to travel to all the countries. But what's he up to now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's the CEO and founder of a travel website called Holiday Swap. Where you can go and do home swaps. I was like, a home swap? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it's pretty, it's exactly what it says, but I'm like, a home swap? Yeah. <laughs> and here's how they describe it. Don't overthink it. A home swap is that sim- is as simple as it sounds. You swap your place for another place and ditch those expensive fees along the way. Holiday Swap is a world leader in home exchange vacations with thousands of homes in 185 countries. Discover an affordable and authentic and safe way to travel the world. So it sounds pretty cool, although I've listened to too too many true crime podcasts (laughs) where I'm like, I don't think I'd ever try this. Mm. (laughs) I'd rather pay the extra. So I did find an interview that James did with Sarah Palmer of Euronews.travel.com back in September of 2021. And I'll be dissecting what he has to say about his experience from traveling and winning, uh, winning, earning the title, however they explain it. Um, Like I said, he's 32 at the time of the interview, but he was 24 when he had officially traveled to all the countries. Just like Lexi, though, he initially didn't travel with the intent to go for the title. Because I feel like you would kind of get discouraged. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> no, you'd you're just, just like, working for it. Oh, I gotta go. Okay, yeah. I can't even enjoy mm-hmm. being where I'm at. Yeah, so it wasn't until he had gone to 100 countries when he realized that it might actually be possible for him to do it. So it took him six years to complete the goal. But he claims that he wasn't entirely, quote unquote, chasing the record. Um, <laughs> I've heard plenty of people toe-tapping the border of a country, then moving on. 
That's their prerogative, but it's just not how I wanted to do it. I'm glad I did it my own way on my own terms. And I 100% understand where he's coming from. There's a good handful of people who go to places to just say that they've been Mm -hmm. there. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, just enjoy it. (laughs) If I had a chance to, I'd want to spend at the very least two weeks in the countries I go and visit. But, you know, money (laughs) can't always allow that. (laughs) Yeah. So he goes to talk about his first real traveling experience, which is actually pretty different from Lexi's since Mm -hmm. she was doing it as a kid. Yeah. His first experience was the summer after his first year at the University of London School of Economics. He and his friends headed to Southeast Asia to do some volunteer work. Then I went back to uni for my second year. I was sitting in the first lecture of term and thinking about anywhere but where I was. And that was that. I closed my book, went to Heathrow Airport, and for lack of better phrase, fucked off for five months. (laughs) I've been to Heathrow Airport. Yeah. I get you. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Apparently, after he came back, he was basically living on campus to catch up on everything that he missed. (laughs) And he did this for the next year, too. So, like, as much stress as this put on him, he was willing to do it a second time. So how... Because... Same question. How How can he afford this? (laughs) Uh, He had an awesome boss. Oh, go awesome bosses out there. (laughs) He got a job as an investment banker and his boss would let him take extended trips so I could keep ticking off the countries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it basically seems like he would go to school, work, save up enough money Mm -hmm. for a trip, uh, travel, Mm -hmm. and then just repeat the process. So, yeah, (laughs) I would love to do that. Just leave whatever I want. Be like, I'll be back in three months. (laughs) He would also do his research for the countries that are more expensive to travel to and make sure that he saved enough uh, for his so that his bank account wouldn't hurt too Mm -hmm. much. So he started taking small jobs at the age of 12. Very similar. Child labor. (laughs) Yeah. And his mom, like... He even said, I tried to give it to my mom to help them with money, but she refused. And instead of like taking it and helping their family, she made a bank account for him and was just putting it in there. And he basically got addicted to seeing the number next to his name get bigger. Very cool. (laughs) So like he saw that he's like, well, I want to keep doing that. But his intent was to save for a house. Oh. Mm -hmm. So then he got into, like, he obviously grew up. (laughs) He started investing. He wanted, like, he put his money into stocks and all that. It was doing really well. But, you know, here in 2008 in the U.S., there was a great recession. Mm -hmm. Well, it was 2007 to 2009. Mm -hmm. So 2008 was in the very middle. And although he was in London... The U.S. owns so much that when we're affected, everyone's affected. So he had money and then that happened. So he lost everything. No! (laughs) You work as a child. I know. I don't think he put everything in Mm. there, but he had a good, good amount in there. So after this, he's like, okay, I don't want to work towards the house anymore because there's too much. (laughs) But he's like, you know what? I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to start putting it towards seeing the world. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great story. It makes my heart warm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even though there's some ups and downs. After officially traveling to all the countries, he returned back to his work life and eventually decided he wanted to mix his love for finance and travel. And this holiday swap was born. He compares it to a cheaper alternative to Airbnb. Platforms like Airbnb aren't what they once were for budgeters. Their prices have gone up. 
They're expensive now. It used to be a case of renting out a spare room, and now people are buying second properties to profit from it. It's fucking true. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. If I had money, I would too. <laughs> the app works like this, You and it's very cheap. You pay a dollar a night to swap homes with someone. Uh-huh. So say Jess is living in London, and I'm here, and we're like, hey, I'm planning on going over there for this weekend Mm -hmm. and you're like oh that's funny i was planning on coming back home to the u.s for that same weekend we're like oh do you want to swap houses we probably wouldn't use this Mm because we know each other (laughs) but but if we didn't we'd be like okay so we'll book it through wherever you only pay if it's a weekend three dollars (laughs) wow and then you have a home so it's pretty it's pretty cool but again i don't know if i would do it (laughs) and so you could either do that where you pay a dollar a day, but there's also a subscription a year for the low price of $60 if you plan on traveling frequently. So if you're like, if you're trying to break that record, <laughs> it's a good investment. It's almost like a l- not luxury Airbnb, but not bad hostel. It's like yeah, somewhere it's in the, in the sweet middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you get lucky and get someone with a mansion. <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's just my side house. I don't need the extra profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, obviously this sounds very, a little sketchy to some. Mm-hmm. And they understood that. You're know, like, you know, it took three hard years of just working and like pitching this. Yeah. Be like, this works, guys. Marketing. <laughs> but they are now available in 185 countries, oh, which is yay. awesome. That's like a huge majority. And it's great to see that this guy has gotten it down and is doing what he loves. And it's truly inspiring. It took them three (laughs) years, guys. Yeah. Consistency. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of inspiring and good for him for flipping all of that and turning it upside down and like making his negocio work for him. Yeah. It's very cool. Um. Well, our next Patreon guest at the end of this week is Veronica Hare. And ironically, she used to do hair. (laughs) Her last name is Hare. Uh, And she is one of the strongest lady crushers that I know. And if you follow her on IG, she shows, you know, she shows you everything that she can conquer and all her defeats. Like every time she falls from you know she's trying to make it to the next clip and she doesn't make it and she goes flying down the whole (laughs) other clip. I'm like... Anyway, that mountain. (laughs) She shares a lot of great stuff, though. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. so good. But as you guys know, that wraps up. (laughs) It's been a day, you guys. As you guys know, I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps us for today's episode. And as always, we leave you with a very not important, very not burning, but... Very not necessary. (laughs) Not necessary, but come on. Fun! And play on our Instagram and let us know what you think. And uh, today's question is, what peak on the globe would you like to conquer? Mm-hmm. Or, but not technical wise. You're not climbing 30,000 feet if it's only like 19. Right. Yeah. On technicality. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Hawaii. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to follow our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and subscribe to our Patreon all under at Talks and Sips. Every time I do that, side note, you, uh, every time, yeah, my mouth, <laughs> it's going to sound gross, but my saliva starts like <laughs> puddling under my tongue. The Talks and Sips drip. Yes. <laughs> For our personal accounts, mine is at Sessie.ncisol. Mine is at JFox with two X's and underscores at the end. And we also have our website, ToxinSips.com, where you can find all of our links for this episode and all of our previous episodes. And that all being said, we have been Toxin Sips, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.